Hey folks, this is John Lambrose, formerly known as John Sawyer, formerly known as Boondocks, always known as the Rocky Mountain Madman. You are listening to episode 10 and the very last episode of the Rocky Mountain Madman podcast. I know, uh, Hearing those words is a joy to a lot of people <laughs> and a bummer to very few. But um, I've decided to uh, stop with this uh, little hobby and. Uh, focus on other aspects in my life. They say that, uh, you know, one of the most um, weirdest things I've ever heard throughout my entire life is, in other words, you can grow up to be whatever you want to be in this life. Well, in my case, you know, that may not be true. I mean, if it was true, I'd still be wrestling, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get a shot at becoming a big star in the wrestling business and, you know, be the next big name out there. I always, um, and you've probably heard me state this before, I've always um, looked at... Uh, the term success and successful as doing what you want to do when you want to do it, where you want to do it, and how you want to do it. I, uh, and I am grateful that, uh, I had help along the way from wrestling to the haunt stuff to uh even podcasting you know there have been plenty of people to give me help and uh to chip in on their part and uh, it may not seem like I've given them all the proper credit in the world so I'm going to do so right here starting with wrestling uh to uh Jeff Hahn a.k.a. Rocky Shore. The man who trained me and broke me into the wrestling business and gave me my start. Uh, thank you. I love you. You will always be uh, my big brother. And uh, I'm glad that uh, I still have your friendship and respect. We may not talk as often as we used to, but we still talk, and uh, I'm glad you're doing okay. To Louis Fabiano, uh, Robert Schlichter, William Merced, my brother Shaquille Faison, Jerry Werner, um, hell, even Mick Foley and Jimmy and Jimmy Hart, you know, 
those two may not have been constant, you know, faces I've seen throughout my time wrestling, but I attended seminars ran by both of them, and they've both uh, given me great advice on the business, you know. So I have to thank those guys as well. Uh, I want to thank my dad, of course, you know. Some of my first memories of wrestling ever were, you know, watching them with him when I was growing up as a kid. And, uh, you know, it's because of those memories and a bunch of other things that inspired me to pursue my first love and my childhood dreams. So to everybody responsible, thank you. Now on to part two of my early journey into the entertainment business. And that, of course, is uh, the haunt industry, the horror industry. I, first of all, would like to give credit to um, Mr. Dan Acosta, lead singer of Axis Unknown. And, of course, one of the people um, I'm thankful for throughout my wrestling career because he was one of the regulars who helped me out, too. I recall being at a convention in Hop Hog, or maybe it was Brentwood. I forget which town, but it was at a hotel. It was a horror convention, you know, for, like, haunted houses, independent films, you know, Props, masks, you know, some legends in the business. I think uh, Kane Hodder was there signing some autographs. But anyway, uh, I went to visit Dan um, while he was in costume as Mr. Mayhem at his uh, at the Chamber of Horrors New York booth, and um, he suggested I, you know, give it a try. And it all looked very interesting to me, you know. Plus, I'm not exactly, you know, that charming when it comes to looks. And I do have, a, you know, that kind of presence that naturally intimidates people. So I figured, eh, why not give it a shot? I remember auditioning later that year. Or maybe it was the following year. I forget which year. But um, I remember auditioning and uh, really impressing the girl who was running the audition. And uh, I gave them my information. And come that following October, I started working, you know, at Chamber of Horrors. That, of course, led to the creation of my character, Sid Daniels, the man in the woods. And, uh, you know, it was fun. The whole thing was just fun, so uh, I want to thank uh, Dan Acosta for suggesting that I give it a shot. I want to thank uh, the Araminsky family for, um, you know, being great people to work for. I want to thank Matt Giuliano, the owner of Play Like a Pro, the building where Chamber of Horrors ran. Um, their, ran their... Uh, ran their exhibit, and still run their exhibit. I just haven't been up to date with what they're doing since I left. Uh, <clears throat> I want to thank Melissa Murphy, the actress who I teamed up with to do the the line scares. 
if you don't know what line scares are, that's when, you know, the actors will mess with the people waiting online to get into the haunt. So me and Melissa kind of teamed up together and, you know, did something, you know, real, real spooky to kind of, you know, <laughs> make people uncomfortable before going in. I laugh as I'm thinking about it because it was such a fun time. Uh, so yeah, Melissa Murphy, Patrick Keenan, um, Ali Cara, aka Miss Fortune, you know, she was fantastic. Uh, Damien Cara, her husband, one of the security guys. And, uh, of course, you know, I gotta give credit to, uh, Aiden Finnegan from Restless Souls Haunted House, who, uh, recognized me from my work with Chamber, and really, um, you know, welcomed me with open arms. In fact, I remember the first night, uh, working over at Restless, he referred to me as Haunt Royalty, which, you know, really was an honor, uh, you know, being called that from an established guy in the business. Um, it was all fun doing that, and uh, I am I'm grateful for everybody that reached out and lend a help, lended a helping hand. And of course, just like during my time in wrestling, there were some bad apples that I came across while working in the haunt field as well. But you know, I I don't hold grudges. I wish them all you know, the best, and uh, life goes on. So to everybody that I've come, that I've brushed shoulders with working in the horror field, thank you, and I wish you all well in your future. And last, but most certainly not least, I would like to give credit to the men who I worked with in the podcasting field. Some would say it's radio, some would say it's broadcasting, but I'm but I, I refer to it as the podcasting field. I would like to start off with my old buddy Joe Herb, who currently resides in Missouri um, and is enjoying his life. I want to thank Joe for um jumping aboard with me without hesitation and uh you know being there you know by my side during the kickoff of the John Sawyer show you know when i left the wrestling business in december of 2016 i had the option of either fading away and uh focusing on my life then Basically, I had the option to do what I'm doing now back then, or I could stay in the public eye and explore my talents elsewhere. And I decided to stay in the public eye and explore my talents elsewhere. And that elsewhere was podcasting. Because as I've stated in prior episodes, I might have, st I might have stated this on other networks as well, I fell in love with the environments in podcasting and radio. And being that the character I portrayed in the ring was nothing more than my real personality just turned up to level a thousand, I didn't have to worry about, you know, keeping kayfabe and, you know, staying behind this wall of illusion and portraying a character 24-7. I could simply talk as myself. 
And I love that, especially coming from an industry where if you had an opinion on something, it didn't matter unless it was asked for. You know, I've always prided myself on prided myself on being the guy to uh, tell the truth and be honest. Some people may not believe that, but that is the case. So um, I want to thank Joe Herb. I want to thank Patrick Wynn, a.k.a. Ethafalm. Very talented musician who's still in the game right now doing music. So uh, if he's in your area, please go check him out. I want to thank Bobby Lacerra from Strong Island Radio and Television Incorporated for being the first station to uh, give me a shot, you know, at running my own show. I want to thank uh, DJ Digital and the rest of the Battlezone Radio crew at 90.1 FM WUSB out of Stony Brook University for being the first radio show to put me on the air, period. And this was before I left wrestling and went into podcasting. I want to thank Evan Ginsberg from Legends TV, originally at Madhouse, now over at Village Connection, um, for being the first talk show to uh, put me on. You know, like, like a, it's kind of like a Jay Leno, David Letterman kind of setting, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I want to thank uh, Phoenix and the rest of the Lip Wally crew at Lip Wally's Twisted Radio. I want to thank uh, Monday Night Fallout. I forgot the names of the guys who worked on that show. So if, if they're listening to this, I apologize. I want to thank uh, my buddy Michael Larkin from the SNM Show podcast. And I would like to thank Joe Rosello, Michael Monty, Jimmy Farrow, and Jim Savelli. And I'm going to explain why I'm thanking each of these guys individually. Starting, of course, with Joe Rosello. In June 2017, when my first co-host, Joe Herb, officially left the show, after Patrick left the show, well, first off, I'd like to explain why each of them left the show. And, uh, like I said, I uh, prided myself on being honest, so this is the first time publicly that I'm explaining why all this happened. Um, Patrick left first. Now, there's two reasons as to why Patrick left left first. Um, and some of you know this story, but uh, some of you don't. Uh, Patrick... Well, first off, the chemistry was not there. It was a chemistry issue. While me and Joe Herb were talking things like wrestling, MMA, boxing, sports, and, you know, funny stories, Patrick wanted to go a little more left field and talk things along the lines of feminism and women's rights and, you know, uh, some other things along that line. I think I think uh I think manspreading was one of them. But he did talk about that and that was actually pretty funny. 
I remember Natalina Corvino, who was on the line. She was like, that's the weirdest thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> that was the first reason. The second reason as to why Patrick left the show was that he made himself a liability to the program. There was a piece of footage on Facebook um, that he shared on his wall of a pregnant lady getting arrested. And this woman happened to be getting arrested by force. Pretty rough because she was resisting. Rightfully so. You resist arrest from a police officer. They're going to take matters into their own hands. But he wrote a message with the video, which I'm not going to repeat. Um, because I don't want to, you know, damage the guy or anything, you know. God forbid I say the message word for word, which I still remember verbatim, and this screws him up, you know. I wouldn't want that to happen. You know, Pat's a friend of mine, so I'll just leave it at that. But he wrote a message with the video that made himself a liability to him and a liability to my program because having stated his real name on the program and the fact that his face was shown on a network that could easily be reached nationwide. Like you can be in Uruguay and turn on, you know, Strong Island radio on Facebook and watch us just as long as, you know, you have a computer and internet service. But when Pat did what he did, I contacted Joe and, um, I pretty much said, you know, I can't have him on the show anymore. And Joe agreed. But we took the more professional approach. You see, with these internet radio shows, and I know this from experience, you have to pay money for studio time. Just like how a musician would pay a local recording studio for recording sessions, you know, along those lines. Um, so we had already paid... Um, amongst the three of us, me, Pat, and Joe, for the month of January that year at Strawn Island. Now, had I contacted Patrick and said, you're off the show now, you know, on the day that I saw, you know, what he did, that would be completely unfair on my part, and that would probably leave me subject to a lawsuit. Because no business that has a um, a commitment in it, like no business that you have to sign a contract for an amount of time. And, you know, no company wants to fire you right away if they plan on firing you. They'd rather let you finish out the time that you put in for and then fire you once your time is up and it's time to re-sign or renew your deal, if that makes any sense. Patrick did pay his his part. He paid his half, I should say, for the month of January. So the right thing to do at the time was to let him finish out the month of January before breaking the news to him. And we already had text messages, text conversations amongst each other, you know, where I'd asked him, you know, how are you feeling? You know, I even suggested... Has he ever thought about running his own podcast? Because he is a very intelligent guy, and he does have a lot of interesting things to say. It just didn't blend in well with 
the type of show that I was trying to put out there. And uh, Patrick did say he was open uh, to doing it, from what I remember. But he also stated that he was losing interest and that he wanted to um, finish out January and then go back to focusing on his music and uh, other aspects of his life. Which is totally uh, commendable and respectable on uh, on his part, you know. So um, things worked out good. And uh, I remember on the last episode of January when we had Dan Acosta on. We were originally supposed to have my buddy Pancakes on, but he couldn't make it. So we had Dan Acosta on as the replacement, as the backup guy, as, as Dan would put it. But after the show, um, we went to the local pizza joint down the street, and uh, we ended up bringing the news to Patrick right there. And he was so cool when we told him about it. He was just so, he, he took it well, you know, shook my hand and said thank you, shook Joe's hand and said thank you, and we're all friends to this day. So, Patrick, if you're listening, buddy, Thank you for being there with me when I kicked off the show. Thank you for um, the amount of work you did put in, you know, to the show. And, and same goes for you, Joe. Thank you for all the help that you gave me. And, uh, you know, thank you guys. You know, you are, you, you, you're, what you've done has not gone unappreciated, so thank you. Thank you. Now on to Joe Rosello. When I, uh, when, when Patrick and Joe both left, I put a thing out on Facebook stating that, uh, I was looking for new co-hosts. Well, the first thing I did was I set up a thing where I was doing a series of half-hour episodes in the month of June. I was doing segments called Fire Away, where I would speak more honest than ever about certain subjects, such as the Kathy Griffin situation, where she took uh, con- where she did a controversial photo shoot, um, taking a picture holding a fake Donald Trump head covered in blood, making it seem like she- Trump was beheaded. You know. That was very classless on her part, and I was one of the many people who thought so, and, you know, I said my piece, and I remember actually getting into a little bit of an argument with a caller on that episode who thought that Kathy did everything right. You know, if you look up uh, on Strawn Island Radio's uh, Facebook and YouTube channel in the archives, it's up there somewhere. Um... So, I put a thing out on my Facebook stating that I was looking for new co-hosts, and Joe Rosello was the first guy to reply. He sends me an inbox, and I remember the message. It was something along the lines of, uh, hey buddy, I got a great idea, Uh, me and you, public access television, what do you think? I wasn't sure what to think of that. So I'm like, this is radio. I mean, granted, we are being watched, but I've never heard of a radio show on public access TV. I've seen reporters from radio shows on public access TV. I mean, hey, my, 
my buddy DJ Digital, he has In the Streets TV with Big H on public access, where they go to events and, like, you know, do, like, a news style, you know, on-the-scene reporting thing. But I've never heard of that. Joe and I talked. He came aboard. And uh, Mike Monty came into the picture after that. Then he came, he came aboard. Then Jimmy Farrow came along later on. And uh, then eventually the show ended in October of 2017. We went over to Village Connection Radio where the Monty and the Farrow show kicked off, kicked off. And after three episodes, I had to, uh, you know, respectfully back away and uh, go do my own thing. Now, it's easy to be bitter, and it's easy to be angry and take shots. What's not easy is to admit when you were wrong. And I'll admit... There were plenty of times where I made wrong decisions. And now when I say that, what I mean is not giving credit where credit was due. I want to give credit to Joe Rosello for um, being an interesting uh, person on the show. I want to give credit to him for always being committed when he was on. I want to give credit to him for uh, bringing on guests like uh, like uh, Gary Michael Capetta, um, John Rambo, and of course, you know, Mr. Simon Gotch. And uh, I want to give him credit for simply working his ass off and uh, being there for me as a co-host. Mike Monty, same thing. I want to give him credit for uh, simply working his ass off and providing for the show and uh, being that talent there with me and uh, and being a great co-host. Even Jimmy Farrow, I want to give him credit. First off, for being hysterical. I mean, that bronze Bradyisms bit, I still look back on it every now and then and laugh. Because it's a funny bit, you know. Anyone who has a sense of humor would find that funny. Well, then again, they would have to know about the WWE product, but I digress. Thank you to Jimmy Farrow for being a great co-host and chipping in and staying committed to the show. Thank you to Mike Monty. Thank you to Joe Rosello. I know these guys don't like me. And I don't necessarily like them either. But like I said, it's easy to be angry and take shots. It's not easy to be humble and admit when you were wrong. So I'm being humble here and admitting that I was wrong in not giving the proper credit. And, uh, you know, being some, some pretty much being difficult to work with at times. That all stemmed from paranoia. I approached this podcasting stuff with with originally with more of a work mentality than a fun mentality. I treated it more like a business, and uh, 
it just made me paranoid as hell. And, uh, you know, while being paranoid as hell, I just became this person that I didn't want to be. So, I could go on, but, you know, I'm running out of time and room for this podcast. <laughs> so, to everybody, and I mean everybody who's helped me out along the way in wrestling and haunt, in haunting and in the podcasting world, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your credit, um, your commitment your hard work and the help you gave me is is and always will be appreciated and i wish you all nothing but the best in your futures down the road thank you in closing i uh i'm getting rid of my facebook <laughs> in case some of you don't know i'm getting rid of facebook and uh I'm really putting this uh, showbiz stuff on the back burner for real, for real this time. Because I have a life outside of this and it needs to be focused on. It needs to really be uh, um, tended to, you know. I'm going to be going to school soon. You know, not high school, you dummies. I'm talking college. I'm going to be going to college soon. I'm going to be uh, pursuing a career. And uh, just doing everything I can to survive and be the best me that I can. So, will I ever do this again? I mean, you may see me, you know, dabble in a few you know, horror-related gigs every now and then, but, you know, but with the amazing effects that makeup can do, you know, and cost and with awesome costumes out there, you know, you may not even know it's me. You know, who knows? Uh, but as far as this podcast right here goes, um, that concludes... This is this concludes the Rocky Mountain Madman podcast, live on Apple Podcasts and on iTunes. <clears throat> this is, of course, the final episode. As I, as I'm speaking to you, it's about three a.m. on a Saturday, the Saturday before Easter, might I add, and. Uh, You know, I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because I feel I have to. And, uh, you know, I may have been an asshole, you know, to a lot of people in the past, but the past I can't change. I can only worry about my future. So, I am signing off for one last time. Now, you can't predict the future, so I can't tell you that this will be the last, so I, I cannot tell you honestly that this will be the last time you see me or hear me in a 
podcasting, radio type thing. Because like I said, you cannot predict the future. You know. But for now, for a long time, <laughs> I'll be out of the spotlight and focusing on me. Focusing on John Lambros. Uh, born and raised New Yorker who uh, who's done okay for himself but he can do better so yeah thank you to everybody everybody who's supported me everybody who's uh, I've been a fan of mine the very few of you <laughs> all my friends all my family and all my past uh, co-workers, thank you all. And for the final time, my name is John Lambros, and I'll catch you down the road. God bless.